Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Good day to all of you beautiful people out there in Radio Land. You are on to Money Radio from Leadership Podcast. This is the agribusiness segment of the program. Today we're discussing an interesting topic that says making Nigeria's agro-based industry count in the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. And in the studio to discuss that topic with me is uh, Mr. Paul Uadina. Mr. Paul, you're welcome. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I trust you had a beautiful week last week. Um, uh, the brand new one, of course. Yeah, yeah, very well, very well. You're welcome again. So, making Nigeria's agro-based industry count in the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. How competitive will Nigeria be? Of course, uh, Nigeria is a signatory to AFTA, and uh, we see that things are turning out, uh, different arrangements are progressing, and very soon AFTA will be in full gear. That question now remains, how is Nigeria preparing, especially Nigeria's agro-based goods, how is Nigeria preparing for the AFTA competition? So Paul, what do you think? Uh, that's, a, that's a million dollar question. Uh, because uh, here we are. The free African free trade area has taken up. And it's, uh, it's the biggest, uh, you can say the largest free trade area in the world. It's uh, a free trade area that covers 55 countries yeah. involving 1.3 billion people. Yeah. Massive, massive free trade area. That's not, that figure you, are, you just heard uh, shows you the opportunities and the, that is available in all sectors, including the agricultural sector, to take advantage of. It is massive and the, it's an ambitious uh, initiative by the continent because this, this African free trade area, the, the intention of the African leaders is to, is to lift 33 million people out of poverty within a very short time. That's the uh, at least 30 to 33 million people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. That's what they mean out of serious poverty. You know? yeah. Then the another agenda is to at least lift the economic status of uh, about 60 or 60 million Africans, those who are living on five dollars a day, to raise their income. To more than five dollars a day through the economic stimulation that it will generate in the continent so it's a massive opportunity and there is no better uh, sector to, to exploit this opportunity that has been provided than uh, agriculture other sectors like manufacturing uh, entertainment and what have you they are also gearing up to see what they can make out of it. But the truth of the matter is that 
are we really prepared? How prepared are we? You ask the question whether we are prepared. That's the that's the million dollar question. How prepared are we to take advantage of this? Talking Don't about that we are the largest, uh, the most populous country in this continent. So actually, smaller countries will put us as a target. Yeah, of course, a market. Uh, uh, yes, as a target to, to come and dump their goods. Uh, you can't stop them once you sign up. Yeah. So it's, a, it's we are an opportunity for others. Others are also opportunity for us. So we have to make the best out of it uh, by ensuring that we have a big chunk of this 1.3 billion people that are waiting to consume goods and services, especially agricultural products from Nigeria. You know, recently the federal government and the president Buhari was there when they there was that that exhibition of uh, the rice pyramid here in Abuja, and um, the information released from the federal government then is that I wouldn't say then because there's something that just took place about three weeks ago. Uh, the information released is that uh, the federal government has actually or Nigeria has uh, increased production of rice by at least 100 percent because from 4.5 million when the country was having a deficit of uh, something in the neighborhood of uh, 2.5 million because nigeria produces or uh, nigeria consumes about 7 million metric tons of rice uh, annually so information from that uh, program was that nigeria now produces 9 million metric tons that creates an opportunity to export to Africa. What? Yeah. How, how do you react? To uh, it? Yeah, it is. It's an opportunity. You, you, you can see that uh, we have done very well in uh, in generating productivity from the agricultural sector, especially rice. But the truth of the matter is that. Have we produced enough rice to feed this country to the level that the, there will be equilibrium in demand and supply in rice? Uh, well, so that rice will be at a price that it will not be what it is today, where you need your minimum wage to buy a bag of rice. But we'll, so let's, let's, we, let's so we have to be very careful. Yeah. We have to reach a point where rice should be very much affordable so that people can be able to buy rice at the rate of 10,000 naira a bag. Are you getting it? So that, about so that there will be sufficiency at home so that before we talk about export. Because my concern is this, the rice itself that is in the country is not, is not enough to feed Nigerians. Let us be frank about it. Because if you go to the market, the figure you just mentioned is not in line with the inflation rate in the country. It's not in line with the market reports. So put me there's something going on. There's not something going on going wrong in the whole process. Rice, mm -hmm. if we are producing as I know that we are now Africa's largest producer, but I want to state also that we are also Africa's largest consumer of rice. Too, of course. So as a result of that, the one we have is not even enough. That's why we still smuggle. There's so much smuggling of rice going on, even as we speak, despite all the bans by federal government. So for we, for us to be competitive as a major rice exporter, 
which we should be. Because if we were able, as we have done under this administration, we were able to emerge the largest producer of rice in Africa. It's a very big milestone that we attained in the past few years. I think we can do better. So what stops us from putting another target so that we'll be the largest producer of rice uh, in the world? Are you getting it? Yes. So, so that should be our target. Because the, um, the amount of rice we have now may not make us to be able to be competitive in terms of uh, exporting to other African countries on a, on a, on a serious note. Uh, because what you're going to see is that if that becomes the case, some other countries will go, come and set up farms in other African countries to grow rice. Yeah, but uh, looking at it, uh, you know, looking at the figures, the figures say Nigeria consumes 7 million metric tons of rice. And uh, currently the country is producing 9 million metric tons. Yeah, you are looking at it that we have excess of uh, of, uh, tons. Uh, uh, Excess of at least 1.5 million. Well, well, the the, the jury is is still out there whether that figure should be spankable. Whether that figure, because that figure, that figure is, 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 the jury is still out there about that figure. Uh, Because if the jury is, it's still out there because of the figure. We have to take it with a pinch of salt uh, because it's not reflective of the market. Uh, so, what, what who, has, who has visited the market recently to buy a bag of rice will not agree with you. So, it doesn't really reflect in the market. Okay, unless they are, they are they, they, they bags, excess quantity of rice are kept somewhere that we are not aware of. Uh, but from what is in the market, uh, it's not reflective of, uh, of that. Well, so yeah. I, 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 I question that figure. Uh, I think many Nigerians would also do that. But now, um, besides the issue of rights, besides rights, we want to talk about infrastructure. But just before we go to infrastructure, which other crops, which other products, agricultural products, uh, does Nigeria have strength, or does Nigeria have a comparative advantage? advantage to to compete favorably with uh, other African countries uh, if you talk in, in terms of livestock i think we have the largest population third largest population of uh, cattle in, in africa so you may, we are in, it put us in a very competitive uh, uh, a very competitive uh, position in the continent if the continent is to restrict uh importation of uh, uh livestock I think we'll be able to benefit a lot. Even without that, I think Nigeria is in a, is in a poor position to, to benefit from the livestock uh, market in the continent. It's one area that we need uh, we need to take advantage of along all the value chains of the livestock sector. There's a market for us there. Even in terms of fishery, there's market there for us. Uh, don't forget, we're also among the major producers of cocoa in this continent. Are you getting it? Yeah. So we are, we are we are primed to go into the value chains of uh, cocoa. Uh, uh, very soon, many companies uh, will be producing uh, chocolate, chocolate and all that within the continent, taking advantage of uh, the free trade area. 
So there's a whole lot of opportunity for the agricultural sector. Yeah, that's one area where Nigeria is deficient. So, in the area of cocoa, in, in terms of production of raw materials, as well as processing. You know, Nigeria has, uh, when it comes to uh, advantage in terms of the soil, in terms of uh, other things, Nigeria has advantage because Nigeria, of course, once was a major producer of cocoa. Of course, um, of course. We also see that uh, the technology or the, 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 the kind of seeds, the seeds uh, to, uh, to produce uh, cocoa in, 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 in huge quantity, we, we need to improve in terms of technology because the seeds are old, the seeds are not much is being done in that industry, the cocoa industry. No, and I, think is where, been, I think things have been done. But Nigeria is still performing poorly when it comes to production of cocoa. Of course, yeah, we, Nigeria we are, is not we, among we the are, first. We are, we are performing poorly because we are, I think, uh, right now in West Africa, we, we, Nigeria is about, uh, it's ranked number three uh, after Ghana and Cote uh, d'Ivoire. Which other country in uh, Africa? And, and, and there's no other country in Africa that produces as much cocoa as. Don't forget that uh, uh, Cote d'Ivoire is probably the largest producer of cocoa in the in world, of course, in the continent. And no, in the world. Yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 it's a given that uh, it's West Africa that produces the largest quantity. Of yes, but I know not that. Uh, I, I also know that Ethiopia is a huge producer, and I think that Ethiopia is more than Nigeria in terms of cocoa and coffee. Yeah. Cocoa and coffee. Ethiopia does well because that is one of their major exports. And so they, they, they do well. Yes, they, they, those countries are, are adding value to their product also, not just the raw materials. That, 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 is, the, that, that is the way to go. That is the way to go. I think uh, uh, federal government need to look into how to uh, conscientize uh, Nigerian farmers and uh, small-scale uh, uh, businessmen to go into agricultural processing. You know, uh, Mr. Paul... They, they, they has, you know this uh, president of uh, NASEMA, uh, uh, no, uh, this uh, small and medium-scale uh, enterprises... Uh, uh, Smedan. Smedan, the president of Smedan. Uh, this uh, Mr. Femi Pedro, the former deputy governor of Pedro State. Yeah. Uh, he was lamenting uh, the other day that uh, over 50 percent of uh, uh, small business owners in nigeria are not even aware of the advantages they could get from uh, uh, african continental area i want so to which means there is need for more enlightenment there is need for right more now. enlightenment but you know mr paul this this is one thing i i tend to uh, 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 frown at you know when it comes to empowering our farmers there is this responsibility issue and people always uh, push the responsibility to the federal government but there are state governments that do or that, no there are states that are that do better when it comes to the, the composition of their soil that do better in the production of cocoa of course the southwestern states are there they they, they are known for cocoa production why don't those states encourage their farmers to go into the production of cocoa and conscientize them, give them the kind of orientation they need that will, have, that will, that will propel them to produce more and uh, even to construct factories that 
will give them, that will make them add value to this product. You are correct about that. Uh, it's, it's part of the uh, decades old uh, neglect of the agricultural sector. Are you getting it's not only the southwest that are neglecting the southwest states that are neglecting uh, uh, financing uh, uh, cocoa production. Cocoa production, don't forget, is it's also very uh, very big uh, uh, in, very big in the, the south 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 and southeast. Because there are states in the south, south, and south that are also they have climatic conditions that uh, encourage the growth. Of Friendly people. to the growth. Yes, uh, like Cross River states, Aquabon, Abia states, uh, most states. They, they are all cocoa producing areas that uh, that their states need to do something about to encourage the production of cocoa and benefit from the African free trade area. So Paul, we're not just talking about cocoa, we are going to talk about we are going to talk about cashew, we are going to talk about ginger, we're going to talk about sesame. When we come back, let's take a short break. When we come back, we want to discuss those issues and then we'll talk about the infrastructure that is needed to make Nigeria competitive on the uh, uh, after Money Radio, discussing the business of making and spending money. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen in Radio Land. You are still on to Money Radio Leadership Podcast. This is the agribusiness segment of the program. In the studio with me is Mr. Paul Wadima, and I'm your host, Case Hammer. We are discussing how Nigeria can be more competitive when it comes to agricultural products in the after agreement in the aftermarket so to speak and we're talking about the number of people talk about rice we talked about cocoa but there are many other areas where nigeria can do better look at cassava production nigeria is actually the highest producer of cassava in the world what value are we adding so we want to talk about cashew we want to talk about of course cashew is one of the and not to mention we, we talked about cocoa, but before we even go to cassava and cashew and the other ones, I want us to talk about sheer oil, sheer butter. You know, uh, sheer butter is actually one of those products that is being used in when it comes to cosmetics, that is being used to at least not replace, but uh, at, uh, to complement the, produ- the production of. Uh, Cocoa, cocoa butter, cocoa, you know, those those things that are cocoa related. Cashew nut is a fine uh, complement. And uh, Nigeria is one of the largest producers of, that's how I say, cashew nut. Chia butter. butter, butter. Yes. And, one of the, yeah, yeah, yes. and the thing is just there, like uh, our founding chairman, Mr. Sam Odaya, in Gazaya, would say. Nobody planted these things. It's the elephants that planted it, uh, as it is, uh, as the, the, the legend has it. It's the elephants that just took this thing from here to that place to that place, and we see it in huge quantity. What are we doing about all of this? Because these things are in demand in other countries. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, it's, what you pointed out is we are giving free, free information to investors about the opportunities that are bound in the value chain of share butter. And uh, I think people better take advantage of it, especially because of this after we are talking about. You know, most most of these markets are dominated by foreigners. Yes. 
in our continent. Because now we are looking at our continent as one entity, as one uh, one country, so to say. The French, the 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 British, the Americans, they are the ones dominating all these things. But we are we want to reach a point where the continent will be will take over in the production of all these value chains. And uh, when you are talking about 1.3 billion people. You can know you can see that the market is massive. What it means is that there need to be synergy between the private sector, especially the banks and the investors, to raise the necessary money to invest in the product in, in, in the production of uh, uh, things that requires uh, the use of uh, share butters. For you to do that, you need capital. And you know that capital is a problem right here in Nigeria. A lot of people have fine ideas that they that is in their portfolio, but they cannot be able to execute it because of funding. What you have said is you have just exposed the opportunity that is available that can be exploited so that Nigerians can take advantage of after. You can imagine when you have a company like that set up in all the six geographic zones of this country, or the, the political, uh, geopolitical zones of this country. The amount of jobs it will generate, because of the, 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 the manufacturing companies will not be focusing on Nigerian market alone, which is also huge, but they will be looking at a population of 1.3 uh, billion people, which is massive. I hope that people who listen to this program give them an idea of what to do and it's not only in that both in palm produce both in cotton there is a whole lot of things that big big investors can benefit okay look at uh, uh, let me digress you can see that what uh, uh is doing investing all over africa what is he doing everywhere he goes he invests massively taking advantage of the limestone that is readily available in our continent. Yes. So the same thing can be applicable in this level, in this in this agricultural sector. Are you are you getting it? Yes. Uh, so that people take advantage of uh, of this opportunity, set up industries, set up factories all over the continent, and uh, and uh, create jobs in our continent and they reduce poverty. Because if you look at the the, the one of the reasons, some of the reasons that uh, after was formed is actually to lift Africans out of poverty, because the truth be told, we are the poorest continent in the world. Yeah. Every indices of development is against us. There is no part of development that uh, we can say we are doing well. Yes. Compared to other continents, so anything that could be done to lift our people out of poverty. It's, 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 it's accepted as long as it's done legally. And this is an opportunity to do it. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, uh, Dan Gute, he has shown an example of what to do. He has, he has shown what is, he, has, he was an after before the after was formed. Are you getting it? Yes. Dan Gute has shown it. Now, what it means that all the bottlenecks that used to be against people like that thinks like Dan Gute, 
are being removed by the surgeon. Yes. There will be no more bottleneck uh, because there are some places that he, he had wanted to to set up his companies in our continent here, and that because of uh, all manner of trade restrictions, he can't be able to do. Now with after, he can be able to to do that. Yes. And what is good for Dangote is also good for anybody who wants to take advantage of the agricultural sector yes. and spread his or her wings all over the continent, setting up factories that generate jobs throughout the continent and in our country here in Nigeria particularly. Because uh, being the largest populated country in Africa, we also we have the largest population of poor people. Poverty is yes. more in, in Nigeria than any other place. Yes, uh, uh, a, a recent figure uh, puts it at uh, yes. uh, 90 million. Yes. That is too much. Yeah. Now, Mr. Paul, we are talking about Nigeria's potential, and not just potential, what Nigeria can do to remain competitive in after. I want us to end this show with your comment on infrastructure. Infrastructurally, how we prepared this Nigeria to meet the demands of after all to take her own pie. I, I think, you know, I think, to be frank with you, we are not prepared. Uh, why I'm saying that we are not prepared is that if you look at the cost of power in Nigeria, it's the highest in Africa. Is one of the highest in the world, if not the highest in the world. We are having a power sector that has uh, totally collapsed. And you need power to drive the manufacturing sector, the agricultural sector, and in fact, every other sector. So if you don't have a power, or power is a or power doesn't even exist at all, how can you be competitive with somebody that has uh, stable power and where power is cheaper? Are you getting it? So we are not, we cannot be competitive. How can we compete with Ghana when it comes to power? How can we compete with Tunisia? How can we compete with Egypt when we don't have power? So the, the, the truth of the matter is that we, until we handle these things, we may, we may watch it. Smaller countries with, with a lesser population than we have here will take over after and will be watched. So we need to do something about our power sector. We need to find a way of uh, making it cheaper. We need to diversify our power sources. We need to democratize our power sector so that you don't have to get approval from Abuja for a state to have power of its own. You don't have to depend on Abuja for a city to be powered in this country. You don't need the support of Abuja for an industrial sector to be powered. So we have to democratize the power sector if we are serious to benefit from this. Uh, this after, if not, we just be uh, we just be watching things pass us by. That's the best. Way. I'm just I just take power alone. I did, I take roads in into, thirty seconds. I, take roads. I've not gone into roads. Of course, we have the largest road network in Africa, but our roads are bad. About seventy or eighty percent of the roads were bad. They were built during the civilian administration of uh, Shagare, and then. Uh, uh, in military administration some, and, and some military administration, uh, they do some work. But these roads have not been maintained. Uh, the cost of maintaining them is even bigger than the cost of building it initially. So <laughs> we are in a very serious mess. Yes. In that case, you can rightly say that uh, we are not ready. 
uh, we are, what we are trying to do, what we end up doing is our usual fire brigade approach. But I think we can still do something now. We can still try to find a way uh, about it. We are resilient people. We can dominate in agriculture just the way we are dominating in entertainment in Africa. We are even with after of that after we already dominated the continent yeah. in entertainment, in music, in film, and all that. We can do the same thing in the agricultural sector. But we need to fix our power. We yes. need to fix our rules. We need to ensure that we encourage our farmers by investing in them, by making sure that our budgets annually reach up to 10% of our, our total annual budget goes to agricultural sector as as, as was signed by this country and other African countries in 2003 or 2004 under the Maputo uh, Declaration, that every country in Africa should devote 10% of its annual budget to the funding and development of agriculture. That is the only way we can uh, be sure of tomorrow taking advantage of Africa in the agricultural sector. Having said that, you have mentioned what individual Nigerians can and are doing, but the government needs to do its part. Of course. That's how I want to draw the curtains today on Morning Radio. You have been on the, the agribusiness segment of the program, and we have been talking about making Nigeria's agro-based industry count in Africa. In the studio, discussing that with me has been Paul Uwadima. So, Paul, Thanks for being in the studio with us. Thank you for uh, We thank our producers also for making this happen. We thank you, our listeners who follow us loyally. We say thank you very much and continue to do so. I've been your host, Case Hammond. Until we meet for another edition of Money Radio, message from this studio is COVID-19 is real. Stay safe and stay blessed. Have a nice day. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.